Hello and welcome to the Pain-Free Cycling Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. John Schaefer, physical therapist and strength conditioning specialist. On this podcast, I help you, the cyclist, take control of your health on and off the saddle. My goal is simple. I want you to ride longer. I want you to ride stronger. I want you to be at your best on and off the bike for years to come. So kick back, relax, and let's dive into the world of pain-free cycling. We're on episode three already. So so far, I've covered a couple different topics that I've been interested in, such as giving you a little background on who I am and then covering the return to ride programming, something that I've gotten a lot of requests for. Um, today, we're going to be covering arthritis. I've gotten so many messages over the last couple of weeks. I'm not sure what it is, but it seems like uh, every other message I'm getting is saying, hey, I'm bone on bone. My surgeon told me, you know, my knees are rubbing, they're grinding together. Do I need surgery? Um, and the list goes on and I'm thinking to myself, hmm, I oftentimes hear this every now and again, but I don't know why I'm hearing it over and over and over again. So I wanted to make an episode, wanted to address this because this is clearly something uh, on the mind of a lot of my audience. So let's uh, let's dive into it and let's talk a little bit about arthritis today. So when you hear bone on bone, when you hear your joints are rubbing and grinding, that sounds pretty alarming. But really, it doesn't have to be. Whenever I'm trying to describe arthritis to patients, I always, you know, try and make it sound a little bit less scary because it's something that a lot of people go through. So I oftentimes will describe it as wrinkles on the inside. So everyone's familiar as you age, you might notice changes on your skin. Uh, when you look in the mirror, some of us aren't thrilled when we see that, but it happens. Um so considering that, you know, arthritis, those changes in your joints, they're just wrinkles on the inside. It's not necessarily something you have to be afraid of. It's not abnormal. It's something a lot of people will go through. So describing those degenerative changes to your bone in that way, I think can provide a lot of ease um, for individuals going through it. Because a lot of individuals will go through it. One in two Americans will experience arthritis. And it's really, it's more common than heart disease. It's more common than lung disease. This is something that's happening, you know, all over the place. So when your surgeon says, this is the worst I've ever seen, this is disastrous and so on. Um, it's likely, that's likely not the case. There's a lot of people going through, you know, very similar changes as they age. So I want to clear up just a few myths very early on in the episode that I want you to really think about and try and internalize. So finding out that you have arthritis is not a death sentence for your health. It's not a guarantee that you're going to need surgical intervention immediately or even in the next several months or years. Um, and it's not a reason to stop doing the things you love. It's not a reason to halt everything, hit the panic button. Um, it's not finding out you have arthritis is, you know, a sign you've experienced some normal age related changes throughout your bones. Uh, it's a sign. It's a reason to modify your current activity and maybe consider emphasizing strength training to promote more support for your bones through developing those stronger muscles. So there are actions you can take. There are things you can do, uh, to take a proactive approach. If you have, you know, found out that you're dealing with arthritis. And before we get into, you know, the different levels of arthritis, different types of treatment, uh, let's discuss how, from my end, you know, arthritis is diagnosed clinically, different signs and symptoms I'm looking for as I'm talking to you, the patient, the cyclist, um, so we can get an understanding of, hey, is this something, you know, I'm actually dealing with? 
Um, and maybe you're someone who's had imaging before. Maybe you're someone who's not. And is just thinking, you know, I'm getting, you know, kind of old here. Maybe I might be having some arthritis. Maybe I'm bone on bone. You know how I feel about that, um, but so on. So in the clinic, the criteria that is typically used to determine the likelihood of you dealing with arthritis, and I'm going to go over uh, the diagnostic criteria or things I'm looking for at the knee, and then we'll go over the hip. So uh, if we're looking at the knee, some questions that I'll ask or some things I'll think about, are you older than 50 years old? Because um, that's a risk factor. Do you have pain or stiffness? Uh, that lasts less than 30 minutes in the morning. So you wake up, you feel a little bit stiff, get up and moving, and then things seem to be better. Your knees crack, snap, pop. When you're bending, moving around, um, in clinic, we'll move your knee in different positions and we'll figure out, you know, are we hearing um, or feeling any of what we call crepitus or that cracking, snapping, popping? Um, are your knees enlarged? Are they swollen? When you feel your knee, does it feel like there's bony growths? Because those are that's kind of what you'll see show up on uh, x-rays as well as some of those changes to your bone, especially if uh, it's progressed a little bit further. Is there tenderness in the area? That's going to be something we're going to look for as well. So kind of touch around that area, feel, um, is it tender? Is it tolerable? Because that can give you a little bit of insight too. Uh, next, are the knees a normal temperature, lacking warmth? So this is a little bit of a different one, but if you're feeling your knee and it feels like it's warm, that could be more acute. It could just be, um, it could be something other than arthritis. So what we're looking for is that the knees are not warm. And if you check the box for several of those criteria, the more criteria that you check, the more likely it is that, you know, you're dealing with arthritis. At the hip, um, diagnosis is based a lot more on the pain you're experiencing or the range of motion that you either have or don't have. So uh, some questions that you can ask yourself are, is, are, do you have pain when you lift your leg up, when you're marching your leg up? Is that challenging? Is it painful? Um, do you have pain when you rotate your knee inward? Um, so if you bring your knee closer to the midline of your body, with your foot on the floor to kind of internally rotate it. Um, if that bothers you, then that can also be kind of a sign or point to the fact that you may be dealing with some arthritic changes. And then think about, again, stiffness in the morning and your age. So as you're older, it's more likely that, you know, this is caused by arthritis. And then also think about the stiffness in the morning. But again, these are just guides to help you consider you know, various factors that may rule in or out whether you're dealing with arthritis. But you're always going to want to consult with a trusted medical professional before taking action regarding uh, arthritis or the symptoms you're dealing with. So the next thing I want to talk about is the fact that there's levels to this. Not all cases of arthritis are created equal. And what I mean by that is that there's grades, there's a progression. So it's not just one day you wake up, you're bone on bone, and you've got terrible arthritis, and you're in an irreversible situation. That's just not the case. So usually how we, how we see grading done um, is based off imaging. So if you have an x-ray done, there's typically, well, let's talk about at the knee. So at the knee, if you had an x-ray done, there's five grades ranging from grade zero to grade four uh, based on the different severity. So we'll just walk through each of these because if you do uh, find that 
you know, you're getting an x-ray when you go over the imaging, they're likely going to tell you a grade and that's maybe going to mean something, maybe not going to mean something to you. Uh, but I always think the more information you can have, uh, the more well-informed you can be and the better decisions you can make regarding your health. So grade zero, um, that's going to be categorized as no arthritis. So there's an absence of x-ray changes of osteoarthritis. So there's going to be good joint space. There's not going to be any osteophytes or little bone growths, nothing to be concerned about. This is going to be, um, you know, best case scenario or for someone who's maybe adolescent um, and no changes. Grade one is doubtful. So there's doubtful joint space narrowing, uh, possible osteophytic lipping. So what that means is there can be just small changes to the uh, border of the joint, border of the bone, uh, but likely, uh, likely no issues regarding arthritis at this point. Grade two is minimal changes. So there's definite osteophyte and possible joint space narrowing. So what that means is the bony growths, there are little bony growths around the joint that are present. Um, but there's not necessarily changes in joint space. Grade three is moderate arthritis. <clears throat> so there's moderate multiple osteophytes, meaning the bony growths are a little bit more severe. There's definite narrowing of the joint space. Um, and we might compare that side to side. So on one side, we might notice, hey, there's a little bit more joint space compared to the affected side. And then there could also be uh, possible deformities when it comes to the bone ends. Grade four, this is something we don't see a ton, but it's severe or categorized as severe. And this would be large osteophytes marked by significant narrowing of the joint space, severe sclerosis, and definite deformity of bone ends. So this is when the image comes up, you literally see the knee on top of each other. And it's almost in some cases looks like it's meshed together. And so that's not something that we see a ton of, um, but those are the cases where it is truly bone on bone and it is a situation where they likely need uh, surgical intervention. But most cases, most people I see, most people that are walking in a clinic are more that grade one through three. And I want to just talk for a minute about what this actually means for you. What does is, what is getting assigned a grade mean for you? Should it mean anything? Not necessarily. I've seen patients with grade four OA when it comes to imaging, grade four arthritis on imaging, but they don't necessarily have any pain. They've got decent function for their age, but they've been prescribed physical therapy and they're in the, they're moving through the healthcare system because they got these images that look uh, not good. So that's why I see them in PT. And I've also seen patients with grade one arthritis who have eight to nine out of 10 pain, they can barely walk. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking to myself, and I mean, we all should be thinking a little bit, what's going on here? What's the difference? There's not, not a lot of joint space narrowing. The x-rays look decent, but they can't necessarily move well. So just Big takeaway here, there's often more to the story than the imaging report that you receive. So really try and take things with a grain of salt, because regardless of the imaging report, there are going to be things we can work on, things we can do to try and progress things in the right direction. The best case scenario, the best evidence for improving arthritis at the hip and the knee 
is to perform low load, high repetition exercise. So let's start to talk just a little bit about uh, interventions and what exactly this means. So when it comes to exercises, we wanna focus on exercises that don't overly stress the joints or cause intense pain, but at the same time, are able to load the joint over and over again. The reason that this is effective is because your joints self-lubricate. You might've heard the term motion is lotion. Um, they self-lubricate when they experience stress and load. So there's an appropriate amount of load and there's excessive load. So when you have that appropriate load over and over again, that helps a lot with nutrients. But when you have too much load, too, you start to experience pain. And then all of a sudden we're not getting uh, the appropriate load and we're not able to transfer those nutrients how we want. So think about walking. Each step you take, there's going to be a load transferred through your knees. With that compression and that release of compression, fluid and nutrients are able to enter the joint space. And when you begin to develop arthritis, this process becomes just a little bit more challenging and in many cases painful. So we just have to adjust the load. It's not a situation where you have to stop everything altogether. We just need to adjust the load and find ways to continue to move forward, continue to get nutrients to those joints. The good news is if you're listening to this podcast and you are in fact a cyclist, um, cycling is actually one of the best ways to lubricate the joint um, at the knee and the hip for individuals with arthritis. Oftentimes people who have never ridden a bike in their life and have arthritis will be prescribed either stationary biking, riding, you know, some sort of elliptical or a new step because that repetitive motion is very low load um, and can really help in terms of dispersing nutrients. So continuing to cycle is not only okay, it's actually recommended and can be very beneficial. However, if you're having pain off of the bike or after rides, simply cycling more is not necessarily gonna be the answer to your issues. So you're asking yourself, come on, man, John, what, the, what is? Well, consider this, ligaments, cartilage, bone, tendons, they all have to work that much harder when your muscles are weak. So naturally, it becomes so much more important when you have decreased cartilage, decreased joint space, um, and your bones are sore, that you start to increase your muscle strengthening. If we're talking about pain at the knee, specifically working on your quadriceps, or those big muscles on your thigh, or your hip muscles, your glutes are going to be so, so important. So let's talk about some good uh, exercise options to start addressing your arthritis related pain. So we already know, we already know the dosage in terms of we want to do that low load, high repetition, but now let's get a little bit more specific about, you know, what that looks like in selecting exercises. These exercises I'm going to share with you will apply best for the knee, but I'm happy to provide other examples in future episodes. If that's something you think will be helpful. So after all, the main goal of this podcast is to give you ideas, give you principles that you then can take and apply or ask follow-up questions about. Main goal is to try and empower you as a cyclist to take control of your health. So let's get into some of the exercises here. One of the first exercises I would suggest, and this is one of the major movements, something that we do daily and need to be proficient in, is a squat. 
So if you're having arthritis, if you're experiencing that knee pain, you're likely going to have some pain when you're doing deep squats or some of those more aggressive motions. So then the question becomes, how do we build up the squat pattern? How do we get comfortable with that again? So doing something as simple as a mini squat, holding onto the countertop, bending your knees just with intolerance and repeating that over and over again, increasing that depth over time. And the reason that that's important and the reason that's something we can work on is because again, the repetitive nature of that motion, loading, loading the squat, loading the knees, allowing those nutrients to transfer. And it's also a motion that we have a lot of control over. So you can pick your entry point. You don't have to go super low, just go as low as you're able to tolerate. And then over time, this is something where you can build, um, build up the depth and then eventually even add a little bit of weight or add a greater load uh, to that movement. Up next, I wanna talk about some strengthening for the hips. So if you're able to tolerate standing, something you could do is like a lateral band walk or a monster walk where you've got a band around your legs. You're taking short steps either side to side or forward and backward um, to really start to put a little bit more stress through the hips. And what's going to be very important, especially uh, when you're walking forward, and this can even apply a little bit to when you're walking to the side, but that you keep good tension in the band so that your knees are pushing out uh, and you're holding that tension between steps. So with this motion, what you're doing is you're really trying to strengthen the glutes. You're trying to make sure um, that as you're walking, as you're stepping to the side or stepping forward, those muscles of your hips are activating. The stronger we can get your hips, the more support you're going to have for your knees and the less stress is going to go through that knee joint. If you're not able to tolerate the standing positions quite as well, you could start with something as simple as a supine bridge. So in this position, you're laying on your back, your knees are bent, and then you're driving your feet through the floor, lifting your hips up off the ground, squeezing your hips together, holding for three to five seconds, then coming back down. With a motion like this, again, you can focus on those high number of repetitions. It's not a very low, or it's not a very high load. So you're not putting a lot of stress to your knees and you're strengthening your hips. As you progress, as you get comfortable working with, uh, working with those standing exercises, um, getting strong through your hips, strong through your quads, then you can start to work on single leg movements as well. So when you think about single leg movements, I want you to think about step ups. You can think about performing a mini lunge with all these exercises. You can control again, that range and just start small with that low load where you're not experiencing a lot of stress through the joint initially, but it's something that you can build up over time. So with all these exercises, rep ranges should be, should be high. So they should be around 15 to 20 repetitions to start you can really, you can do three sets in a row right away, um, as long as you're not experiencing discomfort. Some other questions or concerns I want you to think about, a lot of people will jump to, ah, I feel like I should be wearing a brace all the time, shouldn't be moving as much. Um, there's been no studies suggesting it to be recommended uh, to use braces for treatment. So if you are uh, if you are using braces, you are avoiding movement and you have a you know low grade 
arthritis, that's probably not going to be quite as effective as if you get in a good um, strengthening and exercise routine. So I said this at the beginning of the episode, but I want to say it again, and I want you to really think about it. Finding out you have arthritis is not a death sentence for your health. It's not a guarantee that you're going to need surgery immediately or even in the next few months or few years. And it's not a reason to stop doing the things you love. Finding out you have arthritis is a sign you've experienced normal age-related changes throughout your bones. And it's a reason to modify your current activity levels and consider emphasizing strength training to promote more support for your bones through stronger muscles. With that being said, hopefully this episode gives you some different tips, some different ideas to start thinking through management of arthritis. Um, really, the again, the biggest key is that you know you build up your you build up your quad muscles, you build up your glute muscles, you start to get your knee moving again through pain-free ranges, um, then you can gradually build up over time. If you like this episode, feel free to leave a five-star review. It's going to help us reach more cyclists to access this content to take control of their health on and off the bike. If you're on social media and interested in more cycling content, feel free to give me a follow at johnshafer.dpt. That's J-O-H-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R dot D-P-T. Um, and that's how you find me on Instagram. And then if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, -on -one, visit painfreecycling.com. Feel free to fill out the application um, for a free assessment. And that's all we have today. Thanks so much for the ongoing support. And we'll see you in the next episode.